The galaxy. The galaxy. The galaxy. semiconductor people, this means smaller geometries and larger defect-free crystals. But for the Winchester disk designers, it means getting four times the performance out of the treacherous world of magnetic flux. It means ever finer track densities and having to access those tracks with tricky electromechanical devices, stepper motors, springs, gears, and all the maddening problems with tolerances and mechanical resonances and the like. As if this were not enough, these designers know they have to make all this work while some reporter from InfoWorld or PC Week drops to drive a foot or so onto a desk in order to prove to his readers he's still on the trail of those problems with drives on the IBM AT. Not an easy life. I think it's time to say a prayer that these designers can keep doing the fantastic job we've come to take for granted. That's how I see it. I'm George Moore. Marketplace, and we asked our commentator, George Morrow, for his thoughts. Will either or both of these innovative machines be successful? Well, the high-tech computer was also innovative and had excellent graphics and fell flat in face. However, these machines are linked to one of the magic names in this business, Jack Tremiel. He started Commodore and salvaged Atari. The mention of Tremiel stirs strong emotions in the industry, and his power in the marketplace is legion. He is second only to IBM. Standards. And he is the major reason the press and public is willing to give these conditions a chance. But a computer is never more successful than a software written on its voice's potential. And while much of the existing software is reported to these machines, that in itself is no reason to go out and buy either. There is today three major operating environments occupying the energy of the program. Two from Apple and one from IBM. It seems unlikely that the available tool of software developers is expanding rapidly. How I see it, I'm George Morrow. Five or six hundred million bytes of storage in a CD-ROM is a lot of space, enough to dazzle even the most jaded systems designer. But bubble memories also promised huge storage capacity, and hundreds of millions of dollars were spent chasing its potential, most of it in vain. Look, 
Any technology that has a lot of potential is going to be attractive. But to really succeed, it's got to fit comfortably in the environment that it intends to serve. And Bubbles had a heck of a time ever looking like rotating this memory. Likewise, the read-only nature of CD-ROMs require specialized software and unique applications to make it fit right in the normal operating system of a computer. But worse, different specialized software for each different DOS, whether it's IBM, Apple, or whatever. The experience shows that software is the most expensive, difficult, and time-consuming part of any development project. CD-ROMs and Bubbles share another common attribute, and that's high cost. These players are going to cost you at least $800, while their audio counterparts are selling for $200 or $300. Thus, the penalty for connecting this technology to a computer rather than a speaker is about $500, a rather formidable barrier to easy entry into the home. That's the way I see it. I'm George Morrow. But don't use computers much. In fact, they've created a new class of machine, the credenza computer. It sits on the credenza, displaying a bar graph, and is otherwise unused. Visitors, however, get the impression that the machine is part of the CEO's activities. This is good and bad. Good for the store who sold the machine since it needs no maintenance. It's bad because it reinforces the mistaken notion that computers should be at work in every nook and cranny of the business. Nothing should be farther from the truth. No one expects a CEO to use a typewriter or a calculator machine, and they would never litter his office. Computers are really just another office machine. However, since they can be programmed to do more than one task at a time, there has developed the notion that somehow they can think or improve the thinking of those who use them. In reality, Computers let people make mistakes faster and get businesses in trouble quicker unless they're very carefully used. The fact that CEOs don't use computers may be a sign that American business is not in as bad a shape as the trade deficit would otherwise indicate. That's how I see it. I'm George Morrow. They can be used for good or they can be used for evil. We're going to get the thoughts of our commentator, George Morrow, on the subject. You know, paper made it easy to record information. The printing press made it easy to duplicate information. And the computer makes it easy to manipulate information. Politics is the art and science of manipulation, manipulating people and events. So you can expect that the computer and the politician are going to go hand in glove. Now, lobbyists have manipulated legislatures for a long time. The politicians are now going to use this computer as a device to try to manipulate you or how to make you think that things are something that they aren't. Now, having a leg up on it is your best defense. And nobody ever told us or promised us that democracy was going to be easy to run. But a well-informed population, a well-informed electorate, is the best device to keep running. And knowing what these computers can and will do is your best defense. That's my opinion. I'm George Morrow. With Paul Schindler. In the random access. If you don't use a thesaurus, you won't find much use for WordFinder. But if you'd like to say exactly what you mean with the best words possible, you might want to check out a memory resident program which leads the thesaurus derby, WordFinder. It contains 220,000 synonyms in its latest version. Now, it also works with virtually every word processor you ever heard of and several that you haven't heard of. Not only is WordFinder gigantic, it's also fast. If you don't like the control key which brings WordFinder into action, you can change it. But WordFinder picks a likely key based on your word processor. All you do is point at a word. WordFinder looks up several synonyms. You pick one from the list, point at your choice, and it replaces the word in the text. If it's a verb or noun form, you have to change the form yourself, but that's not too bad. What is too bad is how hard it is to get out of WordFinder cleanly, and how difficult it is to remove it from memory. Because it involves an abnormal exit, WordFinder causes some word processors to leave temporary files on your disks. But that's a small problem relative to good synonyms online. WordFinder costs $80 and comes from writing consultants in East Rochester, New York. For the Computer Chronicles, I'm Paul Schindler.
Wind it up again. 